0: Afternoon, and welcome to this lecture sponsored by the Institute of World Politics. For those of you who are new, IWP is a graduate school of national security, intelligence, and international affairs. We offer a doctoral program, seven master's degree programs, including two online MAs, and 18 certificates of graduate study. If you're interested in learning more about us, please feel free to speak to one of our staff, at the conclusion of this event or visit IWP.edu. We'd like to thank all of our supporters who make IWP events uh, possible. To support the work of IWP, please visit IWP.edu forward slash donate. Today we'll be hearing from Dr. Hopel who will deliver a lecture on his book, Philosophical Aspects of the Formation of the European Union. Dr. Hopel is an associate professor at the Corvinus University of Budapest, at the Department of Political Science, visiting DC for this month only. With that, please welcome Dr. Hopel.
1: So, hello, everyone, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Morak, friends, and. especially my daughter. Hello. <coughs> so, uh, good afternoon everyone. Um, uh, I have to start with a uh, bad news. I'm extremely hungry. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's why I, I suggest that I will speak on, let's say, 40 or 50 minutes, and we will have, let's say, 10 or uh, 15 minutes for discussion. And, uh, Luke, uh, mm, as an introduction, I would say that I was trained at the SI Roman Catholic Theology. Uh, after completing my, my master's <coughs> and licentiate in theology, I studied for many years philosophy, and I completed my PhD in philosophy, and I'm also involved um, in, in, in the businesses of, of, of the Hungarian Association for Religious Studies Um, I'm the general secretary of of this uh, society and in the last let's say 12 years I have been um, lecturing um, and I'm the associate professor of the Corvinus University, a Hungarian uh, university. Now the point uh, what I would like to make, make here as an introduction is that I'm not going to speak as a theologian, right? What I'm looking for is, is a theological issue. What I'm looking for are philosophical aspects, reason, and logos, as the Greek says, of different phenomena. The topic of my talk is the, is the following. Um, I, I'm somewhat perplexed with the with the title of my paper because I... Now I would change it. So I'm going to speak about philosophical aspects. It means that I'm going to, to try to find uh, uh, essences um, and doctrines and um, uh, some uh, uh, hidden philosophical aspects in a political phenomenon, what we call the European Union. So the the, the the topic is the is the is the, the getting closer to the nature of the European Union, of Europeanness from a philosophical aspect. But the way that we will take, what I will take, is, is something that has to do a lot with theology and religious studies. Okay? But but still I say that I'm not going to speak here as, as a theologian. I will speak as a philosopher. Okay. Um basically m- my talk has three main parts. In the first part, um I will we will read uh, b- b- the so-called um founding documents of the European Union, the Charter of Fundamental Rights of the EU and the Lisbon Treaty, Treaty of Lisbon. In the second part, I will try to show you the origin or the fundament the basis of all these ideas what we can find interesting in the in this charter and in and in the, in the lisbon treaty and finally and i will we will be going to going to travel back in the past and i will show you the history of a of a of a notion the notion of person, notion of personhood, because I find it extremely interesting, and I will show you that the notion—I mean, the history of of the notion of the person, personhood, persona in Latin—was uh, the was the way which paved the, the paved the way for the for what we call today Christian democracy and and the political phenomenon what we can call it as the origin of the European Union. So, <clears throat> okay, um, uh, the, okay, as to the first part, um, you might say that, that the EU today seems to be uh, rather a set of economical contracts. Uh, but my point is that as its roots, the EU is a spiritual intellectual phenomenon. In other words, the EU, and that's going to be my point, is a philosophical, spiritual uh, 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 phenomenon, and I'm looking for principles uh, when I'm when I when i talking about philosophical and and spiritual phenomenon. Now, um, now coming to the first point, <clears throat> uh, we can read uh, very interesting things, and what I suggest to you is that always try to find in the text the, the meaning, the, the the truth of the things. The truth of the things, I mean, this term um, comes from Thomas Aquinas, who said that that philosoph- philosophers and philosopher is interested with, uh, in the truth of the things, veritas rerum, in the very essence of the phenomenon. Now, <clears throat> uh, as you know, in the... The European Union um, has no, let's say, constitution as such, right? Um, as to the question of constitution, the, the point of, of, of a constitution is to serve as a starting point of reasoning. And my point is here is that uh, even if there is not a, a, a founding document of the EU as constitution, um, uh, there are two documents which can be called as or can be can be said as the the so-called constitution in the quotation marks uh, of the european union and this is the charter of fundamental rights of the eu and the treaty of lisbon these are two um, uh, distinct do- documents and and the point is that that since so I, I call them and I refer them as constitutions. And my point is that it is not, j- so these documents are not just legal uh, documents. They are not just documents, I mean, uh, uh, consisting of, of, of sets of different legal reasoning. It is about reasoning. It is about a, uh, uh, it is on a philosophical issue. Namely, it it founds, it, um, it uh, gives a, basis, a a fundamental basis for what we can call as a constitution. Now uh, I quote the the first uh, from the first document from the Charter of Fundamental Rights of the European Union. Conscious of its spiritual and moral heritage, the Union is founded on the the indivisible, universal values of human dignity, freedom, equality and solidarity. It is based on the principles of democracy and the rule of law. It places the individual at the heart of its activities by establishing the citizenship of the union and by creating an area of freedom, security, and, and justice. Human dignity is inviolable. It must be respected. Um, it must be respected uh, and, and protected. Okay. In another section it says I mean, we all find these quotations in the uh, the very beginning of this document. Right to the integrity of the person. Uh, First, everyone has the right to respect for his or her physical and mental integrity. In the field of medicine and biology, the following must be uh, respected in particular. Okay, I quit some part and I'm coming to point point, uh, C. The prohibition of making the human body and its parts as such a source of financial gain. D. The prohibition of the reproductive cloning of human beings. So my question is, why are these issues important in a legal document? Right. Because, and I will argue that this is not only a legal document, right? Okay. You can find all this text here, I mean, um, uh, in its full version. Uh, and as to the to the second um, um, source, the Lisbon Treaty says, and it, it's again, it's very important. Uh, yeah, just a minute. Drawing inspiration from the cultural, religious, and humanist inheritance inheritance of Europe, from which have developed the universal values of the inviolable and inalienable rights of the human person, freedom, democracy, equality and the rule of law and so on and so forth. The union is founded on the values of respect of human dignity, freedom, democracy, equality, the rule of law and respect for human rights, including the rights of persons. Rights of persons, what's up with you? Minorities, uh, belonging to minorities, these values, just a minute, these values, How can I put it on the right side? So these values are common to the member states in the society in which pluralism, non-discrimination, tolerance, justice, solidarity, and equality between women and men prevail. And finally, and again a a quotation from the Lisbon Treaty, the Union's aim is to promote peace, its values, and the well-being of its peoples. The Union shall offer its citizens an era of freedom, security, and justice without internal frontiers, in which the free movement of persons is ensured in conjunction with appropriate measures with respect to external borders and controls. Okay, right, okay. So what is interesting in, in, in these documents is that, um, is that they are, so these documents are, are referring to a term which has a long history in, in, in the philosophical reasoning and in, in 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 theology, and this is the history of the of the notion of person. Don't you think that it is odd that a legal document like this begins with a treatise of a on, on a philosophical topic? Because these texts, like religious and human in humanist inheritance of Europe. Speaking about inviolable rights and and in, in, inalienable rights of the human person. Speaking about freedom, and equality, and later um, human dignity, and, and later freedom again, uh, rule of law, respect for human rights. These are hardcore philosophical topics. And my question is that that what is the conceptual Let's say philosophical framework uh, of this um, political phenomenon, what we what we call the EU. So my point is, and now we are turning to the the second part of my of my presentation. So my point is is that, and I made a statement right now. Okay. Uh, so my point is that uh, the European Union, even if it even its most A religious uh, period like like today has its roots in a philosophical tradition, philosophical, theological religious tradition. And I'm interested especially in the nature of this philosophical, theological, and religious tradition. And this tradition is called uh, um, Christian democracy. here you can read, if you can read, and I hope that you can, it's coming in a minute, go down, yeah, right? Here you can read uh, some names, right? Uh, who can be persons, politicians, right? Who can be considered as the so-called founding fathers of the EU. Robert Schumann. I see that they get Perry, Konrad Adenauer, and von uh, Codenhuve Kalergy, Richard, and uh, who is rather a philosopher. So he's, he's the only one I, I would say that who, who can be considered as a philosopher, right? Okay. These uh, three persons are politicians. And as politicians, they wrote only let's say, let's say memoirs, right? Okay. Conrad Adenauer, for example, wrote uh, uh, three volumes of of, of memoirs Um, and there's a discussion about who are the the real founding founders of the EU. These three persons belong um, uh, uh, for sure uh, uh, to this group but anyway, so Schumann, De Gasperi and Adenauer were politicians but my point is that uh, uh, that, that the, the politics they developed, the politics they did, um, uh, uh, can have a reasonable framework and this reasonable framework is Christian democracy. Now uh, Christian democracy is a political ideology inspired by the Christian social teaching to respond to the challenges of society and politics. Uh, we can also say that Christian democracy has drawn from Catholic social teaching and neo-scholasticism. So these three or more uh, persons, politicians, as the founding fathers, belong to a certain political tradition, to a certain political ideological tradition, Christian de- democracy. This Christian democracy as an idea, as a way of looking things, goes back, to what we call the, uh, uh, as, the, as the teaching, the social teaching of, of the Catholic Church. And the best document, uh, I mean, uh, the founding document, yeah, that's the that's right word. The founding document of the, of the social teaching of the Catholic Church was written by Pope Leo XIII and has a Latin title, uh, rerum novarum, on the new things, or the newness, or, or things, or something like this, that would be the translation. So Pope Leo XIII, who was a genius in a way, uh, he was a very well-trained uh, philosopher, and he's the one in a way who, who re-edited the the, the, the uh, works of St. Thomas Aquinas and 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 introduced Thomas Aquinas in the uh, in the education of of seminaries. So, uh, the Rerum Novarum as a document, as a paradigmatical um, uh, work, uh, we can find here the main ideas, the main concepts, and note bene, we are looking for concepts, we are looking for philosophical concepts. And in the Rerum Novarum, which was written in, in um, 1891, uh, Pope Leo outlined the rights of workers to a fair wage, for safe working conditions, um, uh, he he outlined here the 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 right of, of forming uh, trade unions. And on the other hand, on the other hand, um, this document, Pope uh, Pope Leo the Thirteenth, affirmed the rights to property, and I think it's very important. And and um, uh, uh, and strongly on the other hand, is strongly opposed socialism. Um, all right. Um, more importantly, the *rerum novarum* introduced ideas. Okay, ideas. Uh, I mean, what we can call the central ideas of Christian democracy or Christian socialism. Now, let me, let me list of these, of these ideas, and I will pick one um, uh, very important idea uh, from this group. Care of creation, okay? Peace, promotion of peace is a very important idea, a very important principle of, of Christian democracy and of this document. Economic justice, global solidarity, work, right? It's also an idea, it's also a principle, right? Okay. Today we all we, are, we, we, we often speak about um, uh, uh, society based on work, right on labor. call to family, humanity and participation, stewardship of creation. That's again a, a, a nice idea, a nice principle. Human equality, subsidiarity, solidarity, personhood or, or, or understanding the human being as a person, dignity, uh, role of the government. And this is very important also for a, for a Catholic uh, uh, pope that Jesus, all right? Jesus can be also a principle and in society, okay? And common good. And there are many others, right? Okay? The list can go, let's say, up to 30 items. But the point is that, that uh, uh, there are four, let's say, principle, uh, uh, principles, principal ideas uh, in, this, um, in this list, and these main ideas uh, are considered to be the founding ideas of the European Union. The core ideas of, of the Christian democracy and the core ideas of the, uh, of the foundation um, uh, of the European Union, and these are the, the idea of subsidiarity, the principle of solidarity, and the principle of personhood and the principle of common good, right? Bonum comune. So these are the so-called four cardinal principles and of, of these documents. Okay, um, before we start to read the um, 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 this document, I mean, some passages of this document, let me tell you that, that uh, what I would like to highlight this document is the use of the notion of person and and my point is that we have to understand why he uses I mean why the Pope uses in this um, in this context in this way the notion of person and what does it mean to be a person what does it mean to to understand human being as a person what does it mean now what does it mean to to speak about the human being as a person and not as an object, and so on and so forth. Okay, and here I highlighted in the text, what, is, what might be interesting for us, right, okay? Uh, in point 13, it says that, the, that right to property, uh, which has been, therefore which has been proved to belong naturally to individual persons, in must in likewise belong to a man in his capacity of head of a family. Nay, that, that, uh, that, the, the, not, that right is all stronger in proportion as the human person receives a wider ex- extension in the family group. Okay? It is, a, it is a most sacred law of nature, sacred law of nature, that the father should provide food and all necessaries for those whom he has begotten. And similarly, it is natural that he should wish that his children who carry on, so to speak, and continue his personality, and so on and so forth. Okay? In point 20, it says, Of these duties, the following bind the proletarian and the worker fully and faithfully to perform the work which has been freely and equitably agreed upon, never to injure the property nor to outrage the person okay he has kept some the following duties bind the wealthy owner and the employer not to look upon their work people as their bondman mm -hmm, but to respect in every man his dignity as a person ennobled by christian character don't you think it's strange i mean it's very odd that he uses this term person person-personhood, right? To understand the the human being as a person. Uh, There is a, it's a recurring issue in this document that uh, while opposing to socialist, socialism and socialist understanding of human being, he always says that the human being is a person. The socialist in this context, as far as according to the understanding of Paul of pope uh uh, pope leo the 13th socialists understand human being uh, uh, only as a as a machine right as Marx said man is a finely tuned machine now what does it mean to understand the person the human being as a person okay okay another uh yeah another quotation Okay. This is from point 44. And after this quotation, I will quote some reflections on that and I will try to answer the question, right? Okay. <clears throat> Hence, a man's labor necessarily bears two notes or characters. First of all, it is personal. Why is that important to, to, to lay stress on that, that work, uh, the uh, labor is personal? Is it not personal, right? Inasmuch as the force which acts is bound up with the personality. Personality. What has it to do with personality? And is the exclusive property of him who acts and further has given to him for his advantage. Secondly, man's labor is necessary. Necessary in what sense? Right? It's a, it's, it's, I would say that it's only secondary. Right. Okay? It's something which, which we can add at a certain point to what we call depersonality. personality. For without the result of labor, a man cannot live and self-preservation is a law of nature, which is, which is wrong to disobey. Okay, okay. What I would like to, to show you in this, in this text that it is a odd use of the, of the notion of person because there is a whole history of the notion of person which we can read, which we can um, experience, experience here in this text. And I'm especially interested in this, why, is he, why, why does he speak about the dignity of person and not, why not on the dignity on, on, the, on labor, right, okay? He speaks about constantly on dignity. What has dignity, human dignity, uh, to do uh, uh, with human person, okay? These questions are philosophical questions. And these questions, I mean, this whole issue constitutes the, the realm, of, realm of, of philosophical personalism. So what we can find in this document, in the Rerum Novarum, uh, is a philosophical, personalist understanding of human being. Okay? But we, can, we, we, we find here the signs of philosophical personalism. Okay? Look, um, um, this document had a huge impact on, on, on later developments. And, and uh, in short, we can say that the above mentioned persons, the leading persons of, of, um, of Christian democracy, they all use the central idea, the central principles of the Rerum Novarum. And that's the reason why I say that the, the European Union, at, at least in its roots, has something to do with, with Christian democracy, with Christianity, with religious understanding of the world, right, okay? But let me go on and, and, and make it clear. Okay. Um, if you don't mind, I, I, I propose a, a further uh uh reflection it's it's just nice right okay so there were many reflections on on, on this document on the on the rerum novarum such as padre anno, uh, such as the 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 uh, the, the um, reflections given by by those uh, philosophers and, and politicians And one of the most important uh, figure who reflected upon uh, this document was John Paul II, uh, who who was a real philosopher pope. And the title of his encyclical was Centesimus Annus. You know, he reflected uh, upon this document on the the realm of uh, after 100 years. And and I'm going to uh, quote only the, the... the point 11 a certain passage from the uh, point 11 and it says that from this point forward it will be necessary to keep in mind that the main thread and in a in a certain sense the guiding principle of Pope Leo's encyclical and all of the church social doctrine is a and this is my I think this is the most important part, is a correct view of the human person, of his unique value, inasmuch as man is the only creature on earth which God will for himself. God has imprinted his own image and likeness on man, conferring upon him an incomparable dignity as the encyclical frequently insists. In effect, beyond the rights which man acquires by his own work, There exist rights which do not correspond to any work he performs by which flow from his essential dignity as a person. Again, we encounter with the term person and dignity and and property. It seems to us that the notion of person is fundamental in in respect to other so-called values. Or or principles we can find in this document. We have to understand what what the Pope and and this tradition means by when they are speaking about human being as a person. Because if we are speaking about human being as a person, that justifies only what what the the right understanding of, of, of right to property. That just that the, this on um, this understanding justifies only the the uh, the concept of and duties and uh, and any other any other principles. Okay, but what is this understanding? What is this um, traditional understanding of human being as a person? Now, in order to uh, understand this. Okay, we we skip these parts. But anyway, I, I think that John Paul II is not only a theologian or philosopher; he's a good writer, right? Okay. <clears throat> so pe- please feel free to read these passages from his *Santae Annus*. Uh, and one uh, uh, recurring issue in in especially in in John Paul II, is the transcendent dignity of the person. Why it? Why does it have a transcendent dignity? What is this dignity? What is this transcendence in a person? Now, in order to um, understand how important is this notion, is namely uh, the, the, the person, um, we have to go back to right right the, the biblical sources and to the debates of early christianity again in the first part we started from from the analysis of the text of the founding text of the european union and i said that there are signs of philosophy there are signs of philosophical understanding in this founding document secondly in the second part we uh, uh, we try to understand what Christian democracies and I, and I identify Christian democracy as the let's say the the framework the spiritual framework the intellectual framework uh, of the European Union and now we are we are uh traveling back let's say 2000 years <clears throat> and and we will uh, we will try to find the 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 importance of the notion of person look uh The notion of person, persona, is is an example in this sense, right, okay? Um, And as an example, it serves uh, to understand what does it mean to apply uh, philosophical terms in the realm of theology, and what is the result, what is the outcome of this whole story. There are other examples we can we, we could have uh, applied, but I, I say that the notion the, the history of the notion of person uh, illustrates illustrates what I what we would like to understand okay the notion of the person and personhood. okay I skip the biblical sources right okay? Just in short, Old testament uh, there is a there is a Clear vision of uh, uh, of the in the Old Testament of the of the of the Father of the so-called first um, uh, divine being, um, and my point is that this understanding, this vision of the Father, influenced the influenced the early Christian authors and writers. Now, in what sense? Uh, the debates of the early Christianity, the, they are very important, right? Okay. Uh, uh, the, the first ninth century of early Christianity is called uh, as as the, 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 the age or the, or the centuries of, of, of church fathers. There were many church fathers, such as St. August, Augustine and others. Um, they all participated in, in, this, in these debates. So the first... First ninth century of the of the of the history of, of, of Christianity is very important, very important from the point of view that all what we know, all what we yeah, know as science has its roots in that period, right? Okay. So science was born in early Christianity. that's that's, that's one of my points, right? Okay? The science was born in early christianity but why uh early christians had to do let's say they they had a very let's say weird task but since this was the, the most important task, what they had to had to had to do and this was to answer the question you know that what is one and what is three in god okay today it's a very very Easy question and easy to answer. Okay, God is one, okay, because its essence is one, and God is three because there are three persons in the the same God, okay? But it was not that easy to understand the notion of person, the notion of essence, and other notions for the Assyrians, the Christian Assyrians of the 3rd century century, the the Egyptians of the fourth century the let's say the uh, uh, the Jewish minority in Rome in the first century what Christianity had to do is to explain again okay, what is one and what is three in deity look this is this is a theological issue. It's a theological question, but it's, but its solution is philosophical. Because uh, concerning the term "ousia," right, essence, the very first uh, council of Nicaea, which was held in, you know, in uh, three twenty-five, Nicaea is now in Turkey, right. Um, Uh, uh, That was the first time when they applied a non-theological term, a philosophical term, and they applied it in the realm of theology. They said that in order to understand what is one in God, we have to apply a philosophical term term of Aristotle and term of Plato, right, okay? And they were brave enough to apply such a term, okay? But believe me, uh, it was not a sudden solution, I mean sudden, how to say it in English, um, it, was, it was not a um, it took hundreds of years to understand it. So, So t- today we say that Oh, the the first Council of Nicaea, the 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 essence of God was was defined later in the Second Council of Constantinople. It was applied to the Holy Spirit later in Ephesus and in Chalcedon. They clarified that and that theological issue. No, they were these were um, uh, uh, debates for centuries. And believe me, even if uh, even if if we arrive at uh, uh, to the to the so-called Fourth Ecumenical Council of Chalcedon, the half of the Christian world was Arian, at not Orthodox Christian. Okay. So my the point is what I really, what I like to say is that uh, okay, in case of 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 the Father, uh, in the case of the God, which is one, okay, then use a term and borrow a term from from philosophy and say that the usia, the usia is is the same in the three divine persons. Okay, okay. but how can we understand what is three in the divine being? Right? Today we say the person, there are three persons in in the one uh, divine being. Look, again, but the term person, Persona in Latin, prosopon in Greek, was was a irrational term. For example, for the Syrians, for so the Syrian Christians, they did not understand the, the term prosopon because their in their native tongue did not exist such a term as as prosopon. Okay, the point is that the the early christianity applied the term uh, saying that there are three prosopon prosopia in in, in the very same uh, divine divine being there are three persons and they and they said that uh, said that this the that the term prosopon stands for for uh, defining the individuality of each divine person that, it, that the persons can clearly be, let's say, uh, divided or identified, right, as individuals. And it contains many other um, uh, insights. So, my point is that this is a, um, um, again, the usia, the term usia, comes from the philosophical realm, from, from a philosophical vocabulary of Plato and Aristotle. The term prosopon, comes from the world of Greek theatres, right? The prosopon was the mask, what an actor used uh, 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 in a, in a theatre, in a Greek theatre, right, okay? The prosopon, let's say the person, the mask, which by which the actor can be identified, or the role he played can be identified, okay? Don't you think? I mean, it's don't you think it's, it's it's all metaphorical, you know? And early Christianity was brave enough to apply to use uh, s- such a uh, let's say metaphorical understanding, um, such a uh, a term coming from from the world of of theatres. Very interesting. Uh, and we arrive to a, let's say, a definition uh, given by Boetius, who lived in this, let's say, fifth, sixth century. And this definition goes like this: persona est natura rationalis individua substantia. This, sorry for bothering you with these Latin and, and Greek terms, but okay. So uh, this is a result of a, of a, of a debate. Lasting for centuries, right? Okay, and this uh, Boetian um, uh, definition was used throughout um, um, uh, century. It was used for for centuries. It was used by by the by the early scholasticism, by the high scholasticism, and also by um, 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 by classical uh, British empiricists. The point is that. Um, we have to understand the meaning of, of this uh, of this definition. Person is not a rational individual substance It means that um, a person is a is an individual okay substance uh, individual substance of a rational nature. The person persona is a is a kind of substance having having. A rational nature or consisting of a rational nature. But the point is is individuality. What does that mean? It means that, that the, the man, human person, right, cannot be divided, is indivisible, right? Okay. Cannot be multiplicated. Is it the right word? Multiplicate something? It cannot be cloned, right? Today we can say, okay? Uh, Only a person can have dignity, right? Okay? Uh, Naturae Rationalis, for example, means that uh, uh, human beings as persons can learn uh, uh, things, can learn, let's say, Let's say languages, for example, but rationality is inborn with human, human being, right? We are naturally rational beings. Animals can pick up different, let's say, what, what, what? behavior patterns, right? Okay? But we were born naturally, we were born naturally rational, okay? So this, this um, definition uh, contains many, uh, many insights, many insights, and my point is that, that this definition was used for centuries. And just, just another uh, remark to this, and then we come back to the, to the first part of the, of the lecture. So look, uh, this also, I mean, the, the understanding of person, the understanding of the notion of person also goes for divine being right okay for the divine being okay so what we what we uh, the, the the debates of the early christianity was not only about the human being as a person but about the, the divine being of of of, of uh, and of divine persons right okay and the understanding of divine persons as a theological um, topic Influence the understanding of human beings as persons. Okay, is that clear? Okay. Now I call this as a tradition, right? Okay. A, a personalistic understanding um, of, of of human being, and my point is that <clears throat> um, uh, is that this is exactly, this is exactly what can be found. Uh, in the founding documents of the EU, in an implicit way. So, my point is that the, the founding documents of the EU are not explicit philosophical writings. No, because they are written for, for political whatever entities. Right? Okay, But still, there is a lot of philosophy in it. Still, there is a a personalistic understanding of human being, and we saw the the history of, of this of the of the term person. Okay, you see that uh, theology influenced the philosophical understanding of of, of person, um, and it seems to us, it might seem to you that the 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 personal understanding of human being has very much to do with with religion, but I say that uh, it's a common common human tradition or common human let's say heritage, okay So my point is that that uh, the EU uh, even if uh, uh, today it denies having having been rooted in any kind of religion. There are signs of of Christian personalistic understanding of human being, even in the in the founding documents of the EU okay, thank you much for your attention and look, it was almost fifty minutes oh, don't you mind if I have some water And I open the the floor for questions and remarks. There are two questions. First, let's so go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, your mic. Yep. Yeah. Do you need a mic? No, I No mic. Do we have a mic? Are you? Are you want? Do you really want a microphone? No, I don't need the mic. Oh, no, that's okay. First, go ahead. Did
2: you work in the states in the early nineties? I've said, said a name
1: like yours in Budapest in the early 90s because I met someone. So. Uh, uh, that's supposed to be my uncle who 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 uh, is interested in shamanism religious studies. So he he yeah uh, he right. He's an ethnologist and, and, and researcher of shamanism in like in Asia
3: associated
1: and with, with back then. So so what Mm-hmm. On um, this, um, when they use the language, drawing
3: inspiration from that very vague um, license. So, if someone is an individual, uh, or is it less? Is it more for mobility for a
2: workforce in, in industrial time instead of being tied to a lord and a monarch or a royal? So you, you have some individuality. Be an individual success because they're going to tax you with all the other. So it, it seems like they've kept it vague, so you can, they can say you are free, but you're also still sort of stuck.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it was a remark, isn't it?
3: I was curious, does the philosophy of the European Union also reflect Protestant philosophy? As you know, many European nations have also the Protestant base, like, for example, British Anglican Church, German Lutheran Church, Scottish Presbyterian, and the same, the Dutch Reformed Church. Yeah. So that, that was my the first question whether their philosophy was also reflected in this philosophy
1: in the European Union. Uh, yeah. yeah, in short, yes. Yeah. But the question is, in what sense? Uh, 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 regarding human rights, yes. d- look, look, uh, I don't know, if it was Catholic. Wait, Schumann was what? And he was also a, a Belgian born France. What was? I think it's Catholic also. These guys were all Catholics, right? But the point is that uh, at the roots of Christian democracy, there is a Protestant let's say, movement, a Protestant tradition, okay? I'm not familiar with this, but, but clearly there are authors in the 19th century, in the 19th, Protestant writers uh, who, who contributed to this issue. I, sorry, I cannot recall names. I, I know that there are some authors. Well, okay? also
3: the, that the, the, French, the French president shall divorce. Mother was weak, weak, I read That's why I read that. He was kind of generous
1: about the kind of Protestant faith, with respect to his mother. But anyway, so uh, I I wanted to to, to tell you that my example has uh, is a general Christian example. So so, uh, also um, uh, Protestants accept Mm -hmm. this kind of implicit understanding of of human being as a person, okay? They have to because they also belong to the long tradition of Christianity. Okay? Yeah, thank you sir. and
3: uh, my a second question. Sir. Does the like the philosophy of the formation of European Union also influenced the countries in the new continent which is very intercultural like the United States or Canada? You know the Canada is bilingual mm-hmm. So that is of of Union was to the in the of
1: I'm not quite sure whether I got the point of your question, but uh, does, does
3: the, European, the, the, the European philosophy of formation of formation European Union
1: influence in the United States or Canada? You mean the formation of the EU in the, in the 20th century? Well, I'm not a specimen on this issue, but certainly yes. I, I Sorry, I cannot answer this question. <laughs> I cannot answer this question properly. I have an, my own opinion on, on this, but no, I... I <laughs> Look, if we if we say, and I think there is there is also um, a debate on that whether the United States is a so what is the relation of the United States with with, with, with Europeanness? Okay, uh, clearly there is. Okay, but in, in what sense and how uh, how deep are, are these relations? Uh, can we say, for example, that as we as I try to argue that Europe has very much to do with Christianity. What? It also goes for. Does it also go for the United States? Uh, how can you argue for that? It's okay. Uh, I would accept this point. I'm. I'm. I'm all right. I accept this point. Uh, but don't you think that it's it's highly questionable to argue for this? Uh, my question is: Is there an ongoing debate on this issue in the United States today? Christian roots of, of the United States? It's, it's the current issue. All right. It's, right? oh, it's going to be It's gonna be going to become more than if you go towards the 250th anniversary in 2026. Mm-hmm. So, what the founding is, people are just reading it. So, uh, over the years, they're saying God is. I have a short remark on, the, on this issue. You know, from our perspective, I mean, from a European perspective, the United States is the, is the result of the so called Enlightenment, of the philosophy of the Enlightenment. But still, I say that, that it is so nice to read as a European the, the founding documents of, of the of the, of, the, of the United States. For example, to, to, to understand the term we, the people of the United States, it's so nice. I mean, I mean, I mean um, uh, it, it really makes me glad to, to read a, a text like this because I still think that it is also a philosophical text. Okay. Uh,
2: Form, not in order to form, but in order to, then they move form to more
1: perfect, as like it's a loophole for a tyranny. But it's whole story is so nice, right. don't you it, say? It, it's the people's order, the order ordained the constitution, and mm-hmm. they're getting into philosophical people's rights.
2: But in the meantime, they do not like to be the for theory. Well, it's no, not. But it the Democrats for a hundred years, since Teddy Roosevelt thought
3: maybe if I can get a third term, I'd bring fascism here. There's been playing plain language.
1: Marak? Do you have a question, Mark? Yes,
2: I do. Uh, I absolutely thank you for the presentation, and I absolutely agree that uh, Christianity permeates, uh, like music or fumes, anything about the United States and its constitution, and the European Union and its uh, basic. It looks to me like it's either irrelevant or it's a deception operation. In other words, the new crop, the new generation of leaders in the EU, hijacked the agenda, camouflaged Uh their nefarious plans with something that sounds familiar, has sounded familiar for the past 2,000 years, and are having a ball, Still invoking but not really. So they have a they have their cake and eat it too. This hasn't happened in the United States. Even though the founding fathers were Protestants and some of them Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Most of them took their Christianity seriously. Whereas in the European Union, it's true. Uh, that classic uh, individuals like Schumann, Pascal, etc., they, they did make they were not conservative. The mm-hmm. So there is no the claiming of two stages of it anymore. It's just placidity and deception.
1: Right. Sorry. <laughs> There's another question. <laughs> from... <laughs> yes, do, we, do we have, let's say, five minutes for questions? Yeah. No, All, right. All right. Go ahead.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, it was quite interesting for me to see <coughs> another different question of uh, <coughs> funding documents and all of this for the position of international students. That was very insightful. Um, I'd love to see some. <coughs> Sorry, I'd love to see some of the uh, application and uh, execution, especially for us young people, and minds, of how these funding documents define the term issues. And uh, one of the
1: Hmm, that's again a huge question, don't you think? <laughs> All right, so, the, yeah. Um, mm, the notion of person, I mean, the, the history of the notion of person was one example um, in the, in this whole grand history, grand story. Uh, immigration, I mean... The right for free movement is all, could could have been also an uh, example of this lecture, and there were many who discussed this issue, such as John Locke, you know, uh, a British philosopher uh, uh, of the seventeenth seventeenth century. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and la- and later Rousseau and yeah. and many uh, and many others. <clears throat> but what? But my point is that uh, that. In order to understand whether you have right for 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 free movement for free uh, for immigration first you have to understand the notion of person who is the subject of a whole of all these issues right okay who is free to have right for going there or going that uh, or or uh uh being a uh Subject of immigration, migration story. Okay, okay. So it's a, I mean, the the notion of person is 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 a fundamental uh, term in this whole story. Okay, and it all depends on how you understand it, how you interpret it. If you say that human being is just a object, then it can go wherever wherever he or she wants. Okay. Please feel free to immigrate wherever you for, want. For but move in the, United, in the, in the European Union
3: freely, yeah. just Probably like in the too. United States. <laughs> but if you're coming from another country, that's a different persona.
2: Well, 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 well,
3: well,
2: yeah, well.
3: Look,
1: if you, if
3: you.
1: If you want, you want to understand the problems of, of immigration, you have to understand what citizenship means, for example, what the notion of person means, what freedom means to a certain extent. Don't you think that these are, again, hardcore philosophical topics, okay? So in this sense, I cannot really, understand, I cannot really answer your question. <laughs> okay, I can't really uh, uh, answer your question. I can problematize it and I can uh, quote some authors um I think you won't be satisfied with my answer so
3: I should that after unification of Germany, I however that the Polish professional filled up some uh vacancy of the professional vocations service East former East Germany, as most East German moved to the West Germany reason,
1: Question, remark?
3: Well, I just only- say something uh, Europeans if they don't move isn't that like conservative conservative no, it's just
2: rooted and, rooted and there is not enough place because somebody else is rooted there. United like no, States there is different there because there there are Italian, space to go. There are empty can right. villages and empty town little towns where the city council say you have one euro, Europe will sell you a house if you keep it, it up. So there is plenty of space. It's just in general, not with all over Europe, you know, in particular in Denmark, but not only. Uh, in general, people prepare their own company. Yeah. Not me, either. I was in Cambridge, blah blah blah. But that's not the point. The point is how most people perceive it, they perceive the EU project as alien on them by the something we have discovered in America where uh, 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 the, the populist way uh, simply resents what is done against the common people, the flyover country, resents that the fentanyl epidemic killing uh, uh, hundreds of thousands is just a question of you know the I-95 Anyway. There are the same reflexes among the common people. And hardly anybody talks in the EU. At least here, we have debates. Whether you're a liberal or a conservative, debates in the EU, that has ended to a, a, a large extent. There is a pretense of consensus. And you have out here,
1: In Hungary, there are still debates on this issue. There are, there are, believe me. And, and in this sense, Hungary is an interesting place for you, for, for Americans. Sorry for calling you American. <laughs> right, okay. Polish-American. <laughs> I actually like, the influence of the philosophy of the European
3: Union to the United States in the diplomatic expect because European Union, gets along with North. Organization
1: under strong of the organization influence mm-hmm. right either are, are there any questions remarks uh, let me tell you a, a funny story Um, in you know Martin Heidegger the very famous uh, German thinker. I, actually he's the he's the no, most oh, come on <laughs> he was national socialist. right okay all right. <laughs> That's not true, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, he. No, so the anecdote goes like this. He finished his lecture and he asked Fragen, Bemerkungen. It means questions, remarks. And believe me, there was 17 minutes silence after this question. <laughs> there was no question for 17 minutes. And finally, someone raises hand and asks the question. You know, but the story is that now that's the difference between Europe and the the United States. We had questions. You you had questions immediately after my my talk, so there is no need for for silence. Okay, go ahead. Okay, last question. Just another question.
3: Jefferson has uh,
2: uh, uh, uh That's not the same as membership in a, uh, Isn't that comes with the age when you live in an age.
3: Oh. You kinda really? do what everybody else
2: does
3: I have no family member in communist the communist party. party. So it, or let's party.
2: not blame everything on the spirit of the times.
3: You have that's what's called, happening today.
2: No, it's called the
3: free will. Yeah.
2: You don't have well, okay. has right?
1: Is he about that? Not Uh, that Okay, sleep. let's just let interrupt. Sorry
0: to interrupt the spirited debate, but uh, I don't think so you could take yeah, you, you you to you to have out. these discussions outside of the next. Okay.
1: All right. Thank you much for your attention. It was well, it was a pleasure to be here, and I'm really feel honored that you showed up in such a Huge number. Thank you. Thank you.